Welcome back to episode number three of the Meltdown Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Truly Hard Seltzer. No one is just one flavor. Find a Truly near you at trulyhardseltzer.com. This episode is also sponsored by Jesse Ray's Barbecue, the best barbecue in Las Vegas. Grab the hot sauce today at jessieraysbarbecue.com. Make sure you're lined up. They have the God sauce. It's already smacking. Here we are today with number episode three, finally, up and coming UFC star, Eric Gonzalez, aka the Ghost Pepper. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. How, <laughs> how was the trip to Las Vegas, man? Uh, I flew here, so it was easy peasy, man. You know, good little, quick little little fl- flight and no traffic to get to the airport, so I'm happy about that. Yeah. Bro, I've stop going like flying just because it's all hectic right now and especially during the holidays i was like i was trying to make a trip to like new like for new year's i was like there's no chance i'm doing this right now bro yeah uh is it different from the flight to back to la than from from la to vegas because from la to vegas it was really easy real smooth i don't know how it is on the way back on the way back it it, it was terrible like yeah there was like they expected lines to go out yeah like no wow yeah i was like no i'm not dealing i'm staying home for new year's bro funny enough i actually got covid so you know i was like "I, i gotta stay here dude everybody's getting covid right now which is unfortunate um I know one of my one of my buddies who was uh, out in Florida. He was supposed to fight in February, but he got COVID, and now he can fight. So oh. he's actually supposed to fight Jim Miller. Oh wow, it's crazy. But wow, know, it didn't happen, unfortunately. Oh shit! Well, <laughs> oh shit, bro. Well, yeah, man. Let's start off with questions, um, Leo. If you want to take it off about your pre career, uh, yeah, go for it, Leo. Yes, sir. So I did a lot of digging on you. I found mm-hmm. a lot of things, you know, as I usually do. Um, so like you said, we're going to start off with your, with your pre-career before you kind of started. Um, so I guess the first question is how did you get into MMA? We know you wrestled at South Torrance high school at 130 pounds and that you actually ran a fight club with your best friend in 2010 and you were the most feared guy and you were hardly fought. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I got into MMA, the first MMA gym I ever stepped into was at a, at a gold's gym. There was a little tiny gym. Right at a Redondo Pier. Um, I used to go there just to go lift because I was you know, really young at the time and I just didn't know what the hell I was doing. So I'd go in there and just pick up weights and without a set schedule or whatever. Uh, then I rest, I was already wrestling when I could start wrestling at 13. I started going to that gym at like 14, I want to say. Uh, I was just was like up at the top and I saw these guys just like training and it just caught my interest because I was already wrestling and I was like, oh, what is that? So I signed up and... Uh, He's actually really well known in the area from South Bay over at, in uh, Torrance, which his name is John Marshall, and he was my like one of the first coaches I ever dealt with. And uh, I received a leg kick uh, for the first time ever from a, a big ass dude. He's like two hundred and twenty pounds, man. He just gave me a raw leg kick and just destroyed my shit. <laughs> um, after that, dude, I don't know, man. I just got hooked on it. It was in and out of MMA for, uh, since I was fifteen, and then I was obviously wrestling all four years. Uh, and uh, I got hooked on it, man. I just love the competition. I love the alpha status. I love being able to just be the, the alpha top dog. And I got obsessed with that feeling, the adrenaline rush behind it. And uh, I finally started taking it serious when I was 21 and then went 6-1. and one. Uh, I think I went fought for a little bit over a year as an amateur. And I went 6-1 and one and uh, went to pro right after that. Okay. So I remember you telling me a story like a long time ago. Like you were, when you were younger, you were like, going at it like fighting left and right right like oh dude i used to get in a fight like almost like every week dude 
I swear to God. Um, and what's crazy is that I never, I actually never used to start the fights. It was always because one of my buddies was getting picked on, and none of my and one of my my closest friends were like kind of like they were a little bit a little timid. They weren't really like guys that like to scrap. And I grew up in like Hawthorne, Lawndale, a little bit in the ghetto, so I didn't take shit. You know, when I moved to Torrance, it was just like. If you said something to me, I, we had a problem. And I was a, kind of a hothead too because my, you know, uh, anger issues had run in my family from my dad's <laughs> side. So I, get, I think I said carried on to me when I was younger. But uh, yeah, man, I used to get in scraps like every weekend, man. And uh, the one that everybody remember me by, remembers me by, luckily I never got in trouble for fighting. Thank God. Uh, very blessed to, to not be in trouble because I think that would have put me in a different position now. And uh was this fight that I had at this elementary school against this kid from Redondo and I'm from South Torrance and uh, they tried to jump me and uh, I had called my brother and my brother came in with like a squad of like 30 guys, man. I kid you not. Like, and they were still pulling in as like the fight was about to start and then I just walked up to him and just, we socked him once and then like the week after, his buddy tries to call me, try to say he wanted to fight me because I punched his friend and uh, I got into a fight with him and, uh, dude, I beat the brakes off of him, man. It was so bad. I headbutted him. I slammed his head on the floor. I oh put the shit out of him, dude. There was, like, I kid you not, guys, there was, like, puddles of, like, a puddle of blood just from this guy. And his face was, kind of, like, pretty much unrecognizable. And uh, years later, man, he's actually, weird. I'm actually really cool with that guy now. And <laughs> what's, what's weird is he actually apologized to me when I should have been the one to apologize to him because I beat him up pretty bad. Um, but that, I was probably, like, the one fight that everybody knew me for. There, after that, a lot of people were like, oh, shit, yeah, just don't fuck with Eric. <laughs> Yeah. That's crazy, bro. That's really crazy. Yeah, it was Holy really shit. bad, man. I felt I actually felt bad for like a, I want to say like a couple like a few years I felt bad. I was like, fuck, dude, I really messed that kid up. I'm so happy I never got in trouble for it. Um and I think the other fight that I got into when I was a kid that was really bad was like so literally soccer punted this guy in the face and broke his jaw. And uh yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh luckily I never got in trouble for that either, man. I want to say I probably had one of the best rounds as far as being getting to it as many fights as I got into, and I never got in trouble for it. How old were you at the time? Uh, when I punt, kicked that kid in the face, I was like 16. When I got into that fight at Riverside, I was about 15. Wow. So you were scrapping at a very young age. Like, yeah, yeah. And then my first fight ever was against a, a kid that wanted, it was a supposed a gangster. We're from South Torrance, man. There's no gangsters over there. And uh, this guy would just uh, rep in his hood or whatever. And then I got it. I called his, his little brother. Like, I made like a bad joke. His little brother was kind of chubby at the time. And I was kind of a little dick. And, uh, I made like a joke about him, but I said it jokingly. And then he told his older brother and he was a senior and I was a freshman. And then uh, he ended up just trying to fight me. And I kicked his ass like right in the, the side of that, this high school, like in the parking lot. And then he started crying, dude. And I was just like, what the fuck? I was like, I thought you were gay. <laughs> I was like, dude, you're at Lonnell Hawthorne. You ain't going to have anyone crying. You're probably just going to get stabbed. Yeah. That's <laughs> crazy. Holy shit. <laughs> what a way to start off the podcast, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Hey, you know, it's part of it. You know, it's uh, a lot of fighters have a crazy backgrounds, man. Um, very rare that you find one that didn't get into a lot of fights when they were younger. Mm -hmm. I think that's what uh, that uh, fighters get obsessed with is just the adrenaline rush off of a fight. You know, it's uh, it's really what it is. You know, very few fighters that I think that uh, got into this business without knowing what a fight was beforehand. Mm -hmm. Met a few of those, but I haven't seen them go anywhere crazy like far <clears throat> into the game yet. So very rare that you find a fighter that didn't get into fights when they were kids. Yeah. I mean, we kind of got to start somewhere, you know. Yeah, absolutely. in terms of <laughs> getting that fighting urge. Yep. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Well, now we're going to move into your amateur career. Uh, as you said, you said you went six and one in your amateur career? Yeah, I went six and one as an amateur. Okay. The website I got the information from was wrong because I, <laughs> I got that you fought six amateur fights. So I'm missing one. 
Yeah. Uh, and that your first fight, and then correct me if I'm wrong, was July of 2013 at TFA 29, where you won by TKO round two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was actually at Wilmington. Yeah, it was a TFA. Uh, my buddy was the one that hooked me up with the with the promoter there. Uh, Todd Todd Mitchum, I believe, was his name. Uh, he still actually follows me, and I still follow him. Uh, I believe they're going to be doing another TFA because they've always been in and out of promotions because they actually got sued by UFC. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, TFA was so sued by by UFC because they owned Octagon rights, and they uh. were using the Octagon uh, as a cage. And uh, they got sued, so they had actually had to shut down the show for a while. So then they came back up, and they've always been back in and out of promotion and uh, bringing up shows. Uh, and uh, Todd Meacham actually uh, knows like Dana White uh, and all the all the old, old guy older guys that just got started with the UFC, which is crazy. But yeah, and I had my fight with him, and I was uh, against a 26 year old Marine that was just coming out of the military, oh, and I was like a 20 year old kid, 21 year old kid, and I was just like, when I when I found out he was ex military, like you know, you 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 think about like ex military guys, you're like, oh dude, this was probably a fucking badass. Yeah, dude, I got in there and I was like low key scared shitless. I was like, fuck, dude, this is actually like this guy fights really, like you know, he actually fights. You know what the fuck he's doing? This isn't a street fight where I could just go in there and just take him down and beat his ass. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dude, I hit him once and he just, I saw how rocked he got and I was just like, oh, dude. <laughs> dude, we just slugged it out. It was a horrible performance, but we slugged it out and put up a hell of a show and uh, ended, I ended up coming out on top. Not sure if we still, that guy's still fighting because a lot of the guys that I fought as an amateur, because um, I like to go back and look at the, all the amateur fights that I had to see if the guys are still fighting. The majority of them are not fighting anymore. How old were you at, uh, at the time? Uh, I believe I was 21 wow. when I had my first amateur fight, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I can't remember right. I can't remember right off the top of my head. Wow. But uh, yeah, I was about 21 when I started taking this serious. And then uh, my first three fights as an amateur, I did not have a coach. I was going to my old high school and training with my buddy who didn't know shit about fighting. Um, we would just literally watch YouTube videos and then just go train at at the at my old high school football field. And uh, yeah, dude. So my first three fights, I didn't have a coach. And then I finally got picked up with my coach now, Ian Harris. And uh, they've been with him ever since. But uh, yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah, how you dude, start. That's <laughs> insane, dude. Shout out to Ian Harris. Right? Yeah, yeah shout out to Coach. Holy. Oh, wow, bro. How was that feeling when you when you won your first fight? Man, um, you, you kind of just like, you feel like a, like a, you feel like a gladiator, man. You feel like a, like, you know, when you watch movies and then you see like an epic scene of like, like I'll put a gladiator for for example when you see that scene and like they're fighting these two Roman gladiators and you just like they go at it and you you kind of like feel like you're a part of that when you when the guy wins the fight that's kind of what it feels like you have like a whole bunch of people just watching screaming all drunk as shit or drinking or you know just there to have a good time and it's just like having your hand raised is just like no feeling like it you know it's like it's such a rush and then you just get addicted to that getting your hand raised and you know that's uh, something that I always will hold to to me especially so you know now it's just to get my hand raised on this uh ufc and that'll be another goal knocked out (laughs) yeah for sure all right so now with the amateur career we're going to kind of go into the lifestyle Mm -hmm. of you okay um so i know you love cats yeah yeah it's really really random but i know you love (laughs) cats (laughs) yeah i have uh, i own two cats one is uh turning eight or nine i believe this year yeah nine actually this year and then my other cat's turning uh, four. Um, yeah, I own two cats. I, I I used to own a French bulldog, and then I had a falling out. Uh, so I unfortunately I had to get rid of her. 
and I gave her to a to a family who had a who had money and could take care of her because it was a French bulldog, so they require a lot of a lot yeah. of medical attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do want to get a dog eventually. Uh, I think that once I get a house, I want to get a big dog. So I don't want to have like a big dog in my apartment. <laughs> yeah, because then it'll just probably tear up my couches. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I do love cats, man. I do have two cats. Um, one of them, Rhonda. Rhonda after Rhonda Rousey. That's exactly <laughs> what I was gonna ask you. Exactly what it's, I was gonna ask you. My roommate you. actually has a cat too, is and his her name is Misha. So uh, yeah. Misha Tate, and yeah. they fade, they be fading it in the house, dude. <laughs> so just, they, they be like walking by each other, and they be swatting at each other. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, typical Misha Rhonda beef, you know? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. Thank you for answering my question before I even asked <laughs> oh. it. So you said, but you're saying it. Um, you're gonna get another dog eventually, right? Yeah, yeah. What uh, dog would you want? Uh, me and my me and my fiance have been talking about it, and we actually want to get like either a golden retriever or a golden labrador. Oh, nice. I want to get a husky wolf, but Ooh. like I said, man, I need to get a big house for that. I need yeah. a house, you know what I mean? Um, an apartment would not do, uh, and even now, like a golden retriever would be a lot of would it be kind of a handful in a small apartment. Um, but yeah, I want to get a golden retriever, golden lab. Those really cool animals. Grew up with uh, one with my neighbor. And uh, really loyal, really sweet, loving dogs. Nice, nice. I would love husky, dude. Oh, dude, they're gorgeous. <laughs> they're yeah. gorgeous dogs, man. Yeah, I could have got one for like two hundred bucks. I still can, but like, like I said, the only thing that's keeping me fucking from pushing, pulling the trigger is just my apartment. You know, because hey. if I if I'm not home or I can't take my dog, like who knows what it'll do to to my apartment? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> So now we're going to kind of move on to your your music taste a little bit. We know you're a huge EDM fan. You went yeah. to uh, Excision in 2017 and as, as well as EDC. You did some digging on that one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how was that? How, how did you get into EDM? Like what were your foundation artists as well as how was going to EDC and Excision? So I got into EDM as a young age. I was like probably like 15. I actually used to to DJ. I used to DJ in high school. Um, me and my buddies, uh, we would DJ at parties, uh, DJ at warehouses. And I used to like really like really enjoy it. I would look into like, I used to like like Dead Mouse, Crookers, um, even the, the old school Tiesto, um, you know, a uh, bunch of other artists. I can't really think of it at the top of my head because it's been a long time since I've actually like thought of the old artists that I had. But yeah, I used to DJ and um, I used to be really into it, man. And then um, I went to the, what was it? I think it was called Bellagio. Not Bellagio. It's a, uh, it's out in LA. It's a club in LA. We went out there to go uh, to try out for it. And uh, they wanted us to promote the club. And I was just not having that. So I was like, <laughs> fuck that. I'm not trying to promote a club just to play at a show, whatever. Um, so I ended up stopped, I ended up stopped DJing. But uh, that's how I got into it, man. I was really young. And then I was just really like music. So I used to look up like... If you were into EDM back when, like, when you were like my age, because um, I'm, you know, I'm 29 now, so this was like 20, 20, 2007, 2008, and I used to look up a lot of like UK EDM videos mm-hmm. on YouTube because those were really big back then. And uh, yeah, man, I would just mix stuff together, and we have a whole, we have a whole like bunch of fun doing it, man. And my buddy, I used to have like the because my buddy, my, my buddies were all like super like well off their family, so they would get a lot of their stuff, so we just use a lot of their equipment. Yeah, you know me and my buddies would just use their equipment and uh, DJing was fun though, man. I'll tell you that much. If I probably would have stuck through, I'd probably been really good at it. But DJ Ghost Pepper, right? <laughs> Yo, <laughs> dang, that kind of blows up the tongue, right? Uh, well, Michael Bisping DJs too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, I think it, yeah, this my he makes his own music, and then there's one other person. I think it's I want 
I think it's Miochi. No, not Miochi. It's your Stipe or something like that. One of them also makes music and DJs. Hey, man, that's crazy. Everyone has other talents, bro. You know? All right. Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started on Shaq, bro, dude. DJ Diesel, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Get his name right, bro. All right. So following into that, top five artists. My top five artists, as far as EDM goes, or like just in general, just like I mean, if you want to go in general, then go for it. Um, uh, let's see. My top five artists, uh, starting with number one, I would say of all time would be Sublime. That is my all time favorite artist of all time. When I was a kid, I used to listen to uh, what was that song? I think it was. It was on the Tony Hawk Pro Skater Underground. Nirvana. Nirvana is another one. That'd be like number three. Yeah. Um. As far as EDM goes, uh, that one's pretty hard, man. I used to be really, if I had to choose though, I think uh, Excision would probably be one of my favorites, man. Dubstep used to be like a huge part of me. Mm-hmm. I used to go to like, when I went to EDC 2010, I went to the, uh, like the last place I went to because all my friends had, all, all the girls that we were with at the time had left early. So we were like, me and the boys were all just like, oh, let's go to the drum and bass arena. And that's where we hit up the rest of the night. And uh that was like that was it. I can't honestly cannot think of any drum and bass like artists off the top of my head, but I would say like in general, drum and bass would probably be number four. Yeah. Um, as far as hip hop, um, I would say I'd probably say, hmm. Honestly, like uh uh like Snoop Dogg, dude. Snoop Dogg at number five, dude. He's classic, man. Really enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. So you got Snoop Dogg at five, drum and bass at four, mm-hmm. Nirvana at three. And then what was the EDC? Sublime. No, Sublime no, Sublime's is number one. Yeah. And then what was the EDC group they used to just say? It started with X? Oh, Excision. 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 Okay. Yeah. I never heard of Excision ever. Excision. You might not like, I don't know. It's pretty, it's like super dirty, filthy dubstep. Yeah, it's pretty uh, hard. And oh, I yeah. kind of love yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Like, I like dubstep. When you're like there live, you're like, holy shit, this is overwhelming. <laughs> I've, o- I've always said that seeing like hard dubstep live is a completely different feeling when you feel the bass go oh, through dude. you. It's crazy. Dude, uh, when I went to EDC in Vegas um, and we went to the Excision, dude, we were, dude, the bass was absolutely, we were standing in front of a speaker. I had to step away from the speaker because I was just like, this is too much. It's going to blow yeah. my eardrums. <laughs> <laughs> but like once you're like far enough, you're still there. Like, like you said, the bass that rush, rushes your body, it's like no feeling like it. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I got to experience something, dude. I got to. Dude, you, next you time. Been to a rave? I've never been to a rave, a concert, a party. Oh. Dude, you're lying to me right now. I'm not, I swear. I've had multiple... Uh, you live in Vegas. Dude, I've had, yeah, multiple, know, right? I've had multiple opportunities and it's just not my lifestyle. Dude. Bro, next time no, I go, I'm going to Okay, I'm sorry. Me. I've been to Hakkasan Nightclub. Two, doesn't count. Yeah, two, this is different. And hey, you, I, don't, I actually don't like clubbing in Vegas. Never been. It's terrible. I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. It's terrible. I mean, like, I, unless, I know. it's only fun if you're single and you're with a bunch of dudes. Because like, dude, you got a table with the, all, the, all the boys. And I only like, because I've done it here before and I was, that was the most fun I ever had. It was, you come single, you're with the boys, get a table, you can just buy a bunch of chicks to your table. Yeah. Yeah. You always find a tourist, you know, you buy a bunch of, uh, you find like a bunch of tourist chicks and, and it's always a good time, man. It's no bad vibes. Everybody's here for a good time, you know, but otherwise I'm not really big on clubbing here anymore, man. Cause it's like, it's always packed. Yeah. Super, super packed. I, I feel like sardines. <laughs> hey man, you got a lot more things to take care of now, you know? So. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I, I need to know before we move on, because I asked this last time. Okay. To I, I've asked this question every single time, every podcast. Go for it, go for it. Who's your top five artists in hip hop right now? In hip hop? Yeah. Okay. Um, Starting from with number five. With number five? Yeah. Um, Damn, dude. Uh, 
If it's hard, you don't have to go in particular order. I would order. say number yeah. five would be Post Malone. Ooh. Uh, number four would be Kendrick. Uh, number three would be Drake. Okay. Drake I was about to say, we're not saying some whack shit right now. <laughs> uh, number two, uh, Eminem. And then number one would have to be... Man, uh... Do they have to be like alive or like, no, no, like, no, no. Like, Tupac would be coming in number one. No. Okay, okay. See, uh, I, I agree. Some respectable, of it, respectable. <laughs> Listen, last podcast we asked Larry, where he's like Kanye at number one, and then actually I'll, Kanye would be like number six for me. But I, Kanye alive, and I'll tell you this much, guys: Drake versus Kanye alive. Kanye beats him every time. Dude. Okay, Kanye's so such a performer. Dude. We had this conversation at the last podcast, and I was so upset because he didn't put Eminem above or Eminem above uh, Kanye, and he said Kanye's better than Drake, bro. I was so upset. I went back and listened to a bunch of Kanye stuff. I can guarantee that Kanye is way better than Drake. I can oh, yeah. finally say that, bro. That Kanye is better than Drake. Well, like, because uh, I went to that concert uh, with Drake and uh, Kanye recently. Oh, and oh, oh. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, dude. Kanye's like he's go he was going through it right now, you know, with the whole breakup. Yeah. You know, he's going on this personal life or whatever. Dude, Kanye Live was such a banger, dude. Drake, I was kind of like whatever. It's almost like he was singing like a fucking karaoke voiceover because you know he still has the music playing, but he's like singing over it. And yeah, it's it was it was good, cool, hot fun. I think Drake just Drake is better on radio than he is live, but that's just me. I'm okay. so upset right now, bro. Uh, Kanye Live was fucking sick, dude. He actually I, performed and he like, you could tell that he put like, you know, he put heart and emotion into it and it was like, it was unreal, dude. I, dude. Kanye over Drake any day on live performances. I watched a Twitch stream and then I watched your stories. So trust me. <laughs> I, knew, I knew, dude. You I know was, what I mean, right? I though, was so Drake, upset, with, bro. With, with Drake's performance, yeah, like yeah. he was like honestly just singing over his lyrics. Yep. And it's just like it's not the same than like how 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 uh, Kanye was actually singing like the songs fully. You know? Yeah. That was way better to me. Did you watch it? No, I didn't watch it. It was dope. It was dope. I had a good time. Yeah, man. Sing out, and the yeah, crowd was awesome, bro. dude. Everybody so, around man. us was sick. So, no, oh, nice. Yeah, we were just literally. I think we were. We were, I was drinking a bunch of beer, but uh, the, the people behind us were all smoking blunts, and we ended up just smoking with them. <laughs> they were super cool. That was hilarious. All right, let's move on. All right. All right. So, how was meeting Tito Ortiz in 2019? Dude, I've always been a big Tito fan, um, especially his, like, his celebration where he like digs, yeah. the, digs, digs the grave and then drags the body and stuff. Um, dude, he's super nice in person. Like... Uh, He's super nice, man. Super humble dude. Uh, that guy's a lot bigger than I thought he was. Yeah. He doesn't get enough. Like, his head is enormous, dude. <laughs> he's that's got, I thought about Kurt Angle. Dude, oh, Kurt, I, Kurt I Angle's it. neck is his no neck. It's huge. Dude, Kurt Angle was like, he was like, he was like one of my favorites back then. I met him. WWE. He's, he's pretty like, he's nice. But uh, yeah, man, Tito was too super cool, man. And uh, I had a really nice conversation with him in the back. Uh, that was before I did because I met him when I did uh, commentating for AXS TV with, when I was with Combate, mm-hmm. and uh, that's how I met him. And I was and I got to, that's when I hung out with Juliana Pena, who's now the championship, obviously of UFC. Um, but yeah, man, he's a super nice guy, and but he just cracks me up, dude. The only thing that cracks me up about Tito is like when he does interviews, dude. He sounds like such a knucklehead, but yeah, and like, but if you talk to him in person, like he he doesn't really come off like kind of like that but I guess I didn't talk to him long enough but I feel like if maybe I talked to him long <laughs> enough maybe he would come off like that yeah did uh before we kind of because this is a random question but did he give you any advice like for getting into the UFC or anything like that no 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 no, no, no. it was like we were actually talking about 
the tournament that I did in Peru and I had to do fights and whatnot because I was right before that. And he actually gave me a shout out and said that he uh, was going, he was with Team Ghost Pepper for, for that tournament. So that was pretty cool, man, because there's someone that I looked up to as a kid when I was growing up and, you know, watching UFC and I was like, damn, I could do that. And now, yeah. you know, now I'm doing it. So it's like, it was cool, man, to have to, to talk to someone like that who's been through it, who's been through that shit. And, uh, and he's still making business moves, man. He's still like uh, doing his thing, you know? Right. Yeah, for sure. I love watching him versus Chuck Liddell, bro. That was pretty good viral. Oh, dude. That yeah. was epic fights, dude. Yeah. So these next couple of questions that uh, I, I found out about, and I'm really, I'm really excited. Wait, I'm we, really excited for you to talk okay, about okay, it. I'm okay, really okay. excited <laughs> okay, for you to talk about it. We gotta ask. Bro, so we know that you're a huge, like, huge Nightmare Before Christmas fan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is there a way, like, you, uh, so someone told us that you know every song Mostly every song in the movie. Yeah, I used to. I okay, it's been a while. Been <laughs> can a while. you sing us a song as a kid? Can you sing us one of the songs? Oh, singing a song. Oh man, I'm ready for it. Do you know the first lyrics of the songs? Uh like the opening song. Well, like, sure. Like the opening that, theme song. Sure. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to sing that. I'm kind of. <laughs> I might have to pass on that one. To be honest. Catch me. Okay, like like if I had like maybe like ten more trues in me, I'd be like, all right, fuck it, dude. Look right. behind you. I'd be like. Have- we have at least like, 10. I'd be like, just cue the song and I'll, I'll, I'll take over for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on to that question, bro. Who's your favorite Nightmare Before Christmas character? My favorite character? Um, you know, Jax Kalantin has always been my favorite. Um, but that's kind of like a given for everybody. Uh, so I, I would say Oogie Boogie, man. I actually Oogie just Boogie. got a Christmas ornament this this past uh this this Christmas just passed. We were at Disneyland and uh, we're all like we're me and my my fiance and then uh, a couple of her friends were all we're all drinking obviously because we're at Disneyland. And then uh, I just did a splurge buy and bought like a, a Oogie Boogie ornament. She was pretty badass. Yeah, and then I also got a Jack Skellington one too. Would you ever get them tattooed on you? I would get yeah I would. Uh, yeah, me, uh, my brother actually has, cause my brother's a tattoo artist now. He just got certified and, uh, I'm going to have him tattoo me some Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. Uh, he, I know he has, I don't know if you guys know the characters, Lock, Shock, and Barrel. Mm-hmm. That three little Christmas yep. tree, trick or treaters. Yep. That's what he has. So I kind of want to get something similar to that. I was going to get, cause me and my cousin and my brother were all probably going to, I wanted to do like one of us each get a character. But my brother got all three of them already. So there's like, uh, that was out the door. So I might just get zero or something tatted on me. That'd be pretty cool. Because, uh, uh, I'm like, I've always, been a, I've always been a huge fan of that. Every year, man, I watch that. I think, like, especially during like Halloween and I watch it during Halloween and Christmas. Is it a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie? Man, that's actually a good question. If I had a, if I, if I had a pick, it's a Christmas movie. Thank you. Yeah, it's a Christmas thank, movie. Thank right? you. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, <laughs> it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's taking over Christmas. It's like, it has to be a Christmas movie. But then also you're like, damn, but it's Halloween. You hey, know? tell me a skeleton who takes over Christmas, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Bone daddy, dude. Bone daddy. <laughs> so, okay. So moving on from the Nightmare Before Christmas, kind of into the other section of the film industry. What's your favorite horror film right now? Or ever? My favorite horror film ever. Um, because we know you're a big fan of horror films. Yeah, I actually watch a lot of uh, uh true crime, true crime, uh, and like like the forty first, forty eight, and all that stuff. Oh, like, forty eight hours, something like that. Yeah, like yeah. My, me and my fiance, dude. From, oh, and I watch a lot of like documentaries about serial killers. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like horror film, man, you know what? Michael Myers has always been one of my top favorites of all time. When mm-hmm. I was a kid, I was actually terrified of Michael Myers. Uh, me and mom, like there was this one time my mom was in Hawthorne and we were driving through this little like 
this little uh, neighborhood. And it was like during the Halloween time. And I'll never forget this moment because it's fucking scarred me. And uh, there was a fucking guy just wearing like a Michael Myers like outfit. And, and he was just riding a bike. And my mom stops the car. Because I was like pointing it out. And I'm like in the back seat. And obviously the doors are locked. And the guy walks up to the fucking window. Gets off his bike. And just st- stares at me. And doesn't say anything. And I just like, as a kid, dude, I just panicked. And I started screaming. And my mom just starts laughing, dude. I'll never forget that day, dude. And then she just drives off all slow. And I'm just like looking behind me. Looking at Michael Myers. I thought he was going to kill me, dude. I'm not even kidding. I was like, all I could think of was at the movie scenes. Where he's just like stabbing the shit out of people. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. Dude, we're going to die right now. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. I'm sorry to hear that, dude. Like, Oh, dude, it's terrifying. <laughs> when I was little, I, my parents or my uncle took me to a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. When it first released. And I was like maybe like six That's years really old. really good film. Six years old at the time, bro. Which one did you watch? I don't know. I don't remember. I, don't, <laughs> I just know that I was you know, like. Do you know that they actually used the like the first Texas Chainsaw Massacres, like the original ones? They used pig, pig's blood. Really? They used, they used actual pig's blood, and the uh, the actors all like were like super, they actually had to get like therapy or some shit like that over it because it was uh, it freaked them out, and they were like, and the smell of it was really bad. Wow! But they would actually use pig's blood instead of like fake blood. Wow! I didn't know that at all, dude. Yeah, but you know like, the it's Halloween like the houses and. Uh, I think it's Santa Monica, something like that. The Halloween house, like the OG where they filmed it. Oh, okay. It's there. Oh, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know it wasn't Santa. Monica. You can go. You can go visit. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, you can go visit. Uh, Did I know uh, that? the the girl character? I forgot her name. Like Lori, I think. Yeah, uh-huh. Lori. You can go visit Lori's house. Like there's like you can take pictures of it with like fake pumpkins and stuff like that. It's oh, it's what? all filmed. There. That's, oh, that's dope. I so didn't you, even know you, it was in Santa you can Monica. Go, you can go visit it's it. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a lot of, so many films that are filled in LA, you know, you just don't realize it. Yeah. You think they're filled somewhere else and they're not. Yeah. It's actually really cool. <laughs> Hollywood Forest, huh? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on from kind of ending our lifestyle segment, Eric, um, we're going to switch over to gaming and streaming for you. Mm-hmm. This is a big topic. Um, so basically, what the first question, man, is, is what made you want to, want to get into gaming and streaming? Um... To be honest, man, uh, I saw like how big it was, and I actually didn't know anything about Twitch until actually I started watching Ninja. Um, see, watching him like kind of, and that was like not even that long ago. You know how big he got so quick. Um, but I would say Ninja was actually the one that actually kind of more, more got me into like wanting to stream. Then I mean, I've always been a gamer, man. I've had when I was a kid, I started playing on. Uh, I played on pretty much every first console that ever came out besides uh i think uh, i think astro i think it was was it astro i don't remember atari atari that's what it was oh no i did play atari i played the duck hunting game okay remember that old shooting game with the shot yeah dude i actually my mom's friend who used to babysit us she he had that and me and my brother would sit there and just play that thing all day and then when she got us a super nintendo we had almost every game um you know, so I've always had gaming just has always been like a, like, a, I guess I grew up, you know, we grew, I grew up with it in that era where it started, where it was Atari, the Super Nintendo and all that stuff. Sega Genesis I had, um, and 64, all that stuff, the Game Boy, the Game Boy Advance, the Game Boy Color, the big block gray one, all, all that stuff, man. I, I pretty much had it all as a kid. And I was so, you know, gaming has always been like a really fun, enjoyable thing for me. And then when I started streaming, I just started really enjoying it. I was like, hey, man, you know, this is actually pretty cool. You know, as long as you don't take it serious, like, you know, eventually, you know, something could happen or you can't just have fun with it. For now, it's just a hobby. And um, it's always been more of a hobby than anything else. You know, it's, I mean, gaming has always been a hobby too. So, right. Yeah. So I know that 
you started gaming, streaming, and a little bit competing in a sense, right? Yeah. Um, what kind of made you want to get into the competition side of things? I know we played in a tournament, like, I don't know when. It was back in 2019 <laughs> where Surge and it was a Fortnite tournament. What made yeah. you want to get into that? Um, dude, I used to play in like a lot of local tournaments when I played Halo. I was big on Halo uh, when it first was out. Um, and I was really fucking good at it. Shooter games, FPS. Uh, it's just like my my forte. That's what I really enjoy. I don't really play anything else as far as like, as far as gaming goes. It's always like FPS shooter games. And uh, Halo was the one thing that got me into doing like more tournament style thing. And then Fortnite was just like a super enjoyable fun. And like, obviously, you know, these kids are super cracked out now. Uh, so I stopped playing Fortnite. <laughs> but uh, dude, yeah, that tournament was super fun. I had a, I had a great time. Um, I want to do more competitions, but like, I don't know what I would want to compete in. You know, I, I could probably go back to Fortnite and compete some more, but it's just like, dude, honestly, I've been playing so much Escape from Tarkov that I try to go back to Fortnite and build, and I felt like I was on crack. <laughs> like, I felt like I had to be on crack or something just to play the game because it's such a fast-paced game. Mm-hmm. And you're constantly clicking buttons and turning your mouse and your wrist and all that. That I just was not having fun. I played for like 20 minutes or less, actually. I want to say maybe even 10. I got like to one game and I was like, yeah, I'm going back to Tarkov. <laughs> Dude, Fortnite actually has been… Because re- I've been getting back and forth into Fortnite mm-hmm. recently. And they've actually… It feels like when you first started up Fortnite, when it first came out, recently, just with this new season, they fixed a lot of things. Yeah, I heard they uh, they took away shotguns. Yeah, so they took away the pump shotguns and added different types of shotguns. But… Now you can also add, they added in um uh aim gun so you can actually third like first person oh, aim. They have like reticles, right? Yeah, they have reticles, bro. I'm telling you from not playing Fortnite for a while. I this is my first time playing back in keyboard and mouse and able to look down a barrel from long range playing Call of Duty is so I fry a lot more people now than I ever have just because of that feature. Yeah, I heard now if you you just have good if you have good hip fire, you can just pretty much smash anybody. Yeah. Yeah, and, it, uh, I haven't been playing it. I haven't even updated it. No one builds like rarely you see builds like going left and right. I'm sure. I'm sure like I'm shot down probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but listen, dude, like it's a really great game right now. It's been going out, but besides that, I understand that you made the switch in 2019 to Apex Legends, right? I did. How was that switch from Fortnite to Apex? It's a lot mellower. The game, the game felt slower. Like I said, man, Fortnite is just such a fast paced game. So when I switched to Apex, it was like. Like the characters always feel like they're running super slow because, like, because like you have to like you know obviously mess with the mechanics of the game and as far as like you know like jump sliding and all that stuff to make you run quicker, get to different places. And uh, I liked Apex; it was fun. I liked the idea of like all the all the like the cool little like abilities that they have and, and all that stuff. Um, but I, I don't I don't know I can I just never got into it. Like I don't think I could get into it in a competitive level. Uh, it was just more of like a casual kind of game. Like the boys are on or whatever and they want, want to play something else and we all want to play it together. Um, so we would just play that, you know? Right. Okay. Okay. I, uh, so for me, bro, like, Oct- like Octane's my favorite. Like, Octane's oh, yeah. like He's Mexican too. So. <laughs> <laughs> bro, that's why like, I, feel, I feel like I get so attached to characters sometimes. And with Octane, just it's like it's he's Hispanic, bro. So it's like I have to play him, bro. I have to, you know. Oh yeah. And it's but at the same time, I'm the typical Octane man that just puts a pad down. Like 
I'll see you guys later. I'm gonna go fry some shit. And oh, then I yeah. die by myself. I'm like, where are you guys at, bro? That's <laughs> yeah, that surge, man. <laughs> so where are you guys? It's like, dude, you're like 30 feet ahead. You're like literally 100 feet ahead of us. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> That's but funny. I like a, I like a, what's his name? Um, the character, what's his name? I can't remember the top of my head. Uh, where he, where he like turns on the thing and he can see everybody around him. Bloodhound. Bloodhound. Yeah, Bloodhound's always been my favorite character. Or um, you know who I also really enjoyed was uh uh. Not Octane. What was his name? Um, I think G- I'm... Gibby? No, not Gibby. Bang? Uh, might have been Bang. No. Uh, ca- ca- caustic? Caustic? Oh, Caustic. Caustic, caustic. yeah. Caustic I got really good with. He's really? pretty cool because I would just throw down his little like little like smoke things and I'd run around a corner and heal myself. <laughs> I use it most of an evasion tactics right. more than anything else. And then I learned how to use them a little bit better. But Caustic, I got pretty good with, man. Oh, and I got one of his like a legendary skin, so I made it more why more why I wanted to use him more. Did you ever <laughs> yeah. get a heirloom? No, I never got a heirloom. Me neither, bro. <laughs> Dude, I know people that got a glitch. I would see glitch of like people just get glitched and then get an heirloom and then get one right after that. I'm like, wow. That's lucky. insane. Your luck, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> it takes me two thousand dollars to still nothing in there, bro. <laughs> I know. I hope you do not spend two thousand dollars. <laughs> we don't want we don't want to talk about how much I spent on video games, bro. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely agree with you there. <laughs> definitely. Well, the Fortnite cosmetics. the Fortnite cosmetics and stuff. I need to sell my account just to just to make money off of it. Yeah, seriously. Apparently, bro. I have like one of the, the you know that one skin, the Luchador character yeah, yeah. on Fortnite. Apparently, that's super rare still, and I have it. I was like, dude, I might as well just sell my account, like, bro. I don't play it anymore. I was thinking the same thing because I have the Samsung Galaxy skin. That oh, came, I remember that. That came, remember? Everyone didn't was you, freaking out. Didn't you like do some weird stuff just to get that? Like you had to like... That's out of context. That sounds terrible, bro. <laughs> but no, no. I paid my friend like 50 bucks. He used to work at like Best Buy. He yeah. put my account in, got it, and then he logged out of it. That's how you get it with the new phones. You just log oh. in. So I got that, bro. And apparently, yeah, that's very... No, you don't see it, bro. You don't see it. You can sell. I always this close to selling it. But I was told myself like, I may come to Fortnite back one day and I don't want to lose that skin. I don't blame you. Yeah. And now I'm back. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to go back to Fortnite, dude. Unless they brought Tilted Towers back, it's the only they don't, way they, I'll come back. They kind of did. So they brought the, the Daily Bugle from Spider Man uh-huh. and it's exact like the Tilted Towers. I it, might have to jump with in the spider webs, bro. And you, bro, it, I'm telling you, this I'm, I saw the clips for the Spider Man. I, I was like, that's pretty fucking badass. This season <laughs> is built different, bro. I was like, it's pretty badass. The fact that you have Spider Man just webbing around and stuff is pretty cool. I wonder how long is it going to be like a like a temporary item? Though, yeah, yeah, like always. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that'd be cool if they could just keep like certain little items like that actually still in the game, right? Well, but they brought it. back this like the the grenades that you stick on. It's the sticky grenades. Oh. Yeah, they brought those back too. No way. Yeah, so you. I'm gonna have to check it out. Unless I might play some Fortnite later, huh? Hey, <laughs> maybe, yeah, bro. Maybe. When we get back to LA, I'll buy you. Know, we'll see because I got a, a bunch of stuff on Tarkov that I've been doing. No, bro. Tarkov. That's dude. Tarkov's a shit, dude. That kind of brings it to the next question. Actually, what are you playing right now besides Tarkov? Uh, besides Tarkov, I dude, I actually just downloaded Project Zomboid. I don't know if you guys heard of that. Yeah, it sounds familiar, dude. Project Zomboid. It's a survival game. I like survival games like Rust and stuff like that. Like Rust, I I stopped playing that like a month ago. No, well. Before the wipe for Tarkov to happen on twelve twelve last year, uh, before the year ended, um, I was playing a lot of fucking a lot of Rust, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of Rust. I was playing hours in, and uh, but I just downloaded Project Zomboid. And I was playing that the other day, and it's basically like the most realistic survival zombie game you can ever play. It's crazy. So like, you get bit, you got to bandage up, and then you have to, and then the bandage gets dirty from like the blood and stuff like that. So you got to take it off, clean it, and then put another one. 
it's really weird. It's really like crazy. Like it's so like detailed. Like everything is realistic in the game. You can burn houses down. You can burn houses down. Um, you open up a map and you can like check off where you've been and you have to explore the entire map and it gets harder and harder. You could find guns and stuff like that. Uh, I definitely like it. It's like if you like a, I don't know, I don't know the type of game that it would be considered. I, I don't remember what my buddy told me, but I mean, if you guys check it out, it's pretty cool. It's really fun, really enjoyable. Um, there's like four of us that are just playing it right now, but uh, I was I got into that recently, and I was like, oh, it's actually pretty fun. And it got me away from Tarkov, which is really hard to do. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, okay, that sounds fun, dude. I kind of want to try yeah. it. I'm not gonna lie, it, no, it, it sounds cool. hard. It, that, no, that's it's like really, that, that's why I want to try because it's dude, a challenge. I, I died you know? within like the first two minutes when I first spawned into the first game. I was like, dude, I got outrun by like 20 zombies. And I was just like freaking out. I was like, oh shit. Like <laughs> my buddy was cracking up, dude. Cause I was like, so like in the game when you're like walking around and then like if a zombie like comes out of nowhere and startles you, this like the the background, like the 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 effects of the game, it'll just go into like this weird dramatic noise and it kind of freaks you out. It makes you jump. It's really <laughs> funny. But uh no, nah, definitely I I recommend that game if you're like just playing like a super casual, but it's still like very like a uh, it's not competitive at all. It's it's more like you just got to be smart when the way you play. Like you got to sneak around zombies and stuff. And then if you go, you can only fight two zombies at once. So it's not like you could just get a gun and shoot like a bunch of them at once. No, you literally have to just kill one by one. Yeah, that's or crazy. you're dead. <laughs> that's crazy. Have you ever? Uh, what was that game that we played, Leo, with zombies? Remember that uh, that came out, Blood for. Oh, uh, Back for Blood. Back for Blood. Have you ever played Back for Blood? I've seen gameplay. I've never played it, dude. It's... I'm waiting for Dying Light to come out. Oh, Dying, Dying Light. Light too. Yeah. yeah, dude, that's gonna be. I played the first one. Me and my cousin were obsessed with that game when it first came out, and I was like, "Damn, dude, they need to make like an open world of this or something like that." Yeah. Very close to it. I think that's what they're gonna do. Yeah. Um, but Dying Light, dude, that's that's the next game. Like, I might just get off Tarkov for a bit just to play that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that leads to our next question: is top five games. Top four games. Well, number one is for sure Halo. That's like, it's always been my number one, man. It's like the game that got me into it. Number two, Super Mario Brothers from uh, Super Nintendo. Okay. Uh, the number three would definitely have to be Escape from Tarkov. Uh, number four would be uh, the N64 Mario where you go into the castle and you can get on top of it and find Yoshi. You guys oh, okay. That? Yeah. That Mario. That Super Mario 64. Yeah, Super yeah. Mario 64. And then number five, I would say Need for Speed back in the day when it wow. first came out. Which one? The original Need for Speed? Yeah, I think it was the original, or I think it was Need for Speed Underground, I think, or something like that. Okay. I don't remember. It was one of those, but it was one of the beginning in Need for Speeds for sure. What? Okay, now I'm thinking of a different game. I'm thinking of Midnight um, Club. Midnight Club's good. I love Midnight, Midnight Club. Club. But uh, Need for Speed, I used to be, I used to love that. I used to love drifting in that game. It was so fun, dude. And I actually used to have the wheel too when I was like, uh, oh, yeah. When I would play it, I would have a wheel and I'd play with that. And it was so fun, dude. I've always wanted a wheel, dude. So have I. I still want, I actually want to get one for my computer, but I also wouldn't want to get a, a, a wheel unless I had like that super long monitor that's curved. Oh, the ultra wide? The ultra wide. Yeah. Just because I've heard that it makes it so much better. My buddy just got one. I'm like, dude, I kind of want to get one now. I almost <laughs> pulled the trigger on one yesterday. I'm not going to lie to you. I saw it and I was like, it's on sale. No, I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what am I going to do with my monitors now? Yeah, dude. <laughs> and it's like, but no, man, I really want to get one of those. And then, uh, But yeah, those are my top five, man. Okay. So I respect Halo being number one, bro. I, I do. But how, how, do you, how do you put Escape from Tarkov? You've been playing it so much. Uh, Halo is just because it is more of a nostalgic feeling. Yeah. Kind of, you know what I mean? Even, even when Halo's come, when Halo came out just regionally, obviously, recently, 
I was playing it and then the wipe happened for Tarkov and I was like, yeah, I won't like to Tarkov. Damn. <laughs> I don't know, man. Tarkov is just a whole different… It just has your heart, huh? Yeah, it has my heart right now. I can never get keeps, into it. It keeps me away from the ladies. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she knows that too. She be giving me some shit. She be like, you be playing too much. And I'm like, no, I'm just… Just vibing, babe. <laughs> hey, eight hours in. You've been playing too much. No, I'm just vibing. I'm just cool, babe. Don't trip. <laughs> like, you've been watching TV for eight hours. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'd rather do this and work my brain a little bit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, bro. Well, leading into your pro career, um, I know… And this was… I remember watching this. Yeah, I remember you Fortnite danced someone in April 2018 when you… Uh, beat your opponent and you did the take the L dance on him. How was that? Why would you? Why did you want to do that? Oh, dude, was, we had some some beef. Uh, me and him had some like personal beef. Okay. Uh, we fought once and I lost to a decision, and I was literally, I I I know I won that fight. I'm not gonna like you know whatever it says on paper it is what it is now because it's, it's history. But uh, I got robbed for that fight, man. And uh, a lot of people don't know, but after that fight, my fans got into a fight with their with his fans. Oh wow! And uh, one of my buddies knocked out two of their guys. And they all like got scared and like, you know, went away. And the cops were there too. They didn't even do anything about it. And this <laughs> happened right after the fights because we were the main event. So anyways, you know, we, uh, I talked my shit just because I was like, I knew I won that fight. Um, and even the announcers were getting us mixed up in the fight because we looked just alike. We both had, they didn't tell me that the guy was wearing white shorts or else I would have wore something else. Right. And then we both had similar, we're both Latino. We both had similar tattoos. We both had the same fucking haircut. And dude, I swear to God, we look like, even like when I watched the fight, I was like, okay, I can see why they mistaken this. You know yeah. what I mean? So like, I feel like maybe they gave him some points thinking that it was me and it was the other way around. Because if you rewatch that fight, that first fight, man, I literally was beating the brakes off him. He was just walking backwards the entire time. And so anyways, we fast forward, we get into the rematch. And um, bro, there was people throwing, there was people talking, booing, talking shit, doing the thing. And uh, and uh, yeah, man, like I said, we had just this beef online and stuff. And now we're actually, we're actually friends now. <laughs> um, but uh, dude, when I knocked him out, I was just like, it was just such a satisfying feeling. I was like, fuck that, dude. I'm going to make this statement. I'm like, I need, to, I need this fucking win, dude. I like, there's no way I'm going to go three rounds with you again. And then right. they're knocking him out. And, and dude, I was just like on a Fortnite tip grind. And I just did the L dance out of nowhere. And it kind of just came to my head out of nowhere. It was, it, and it was just so satisfying, dude. Like, until, <laughs> I don't take that back at all. I was like, it was no. just a satisfying feeling, man. Like nothing like kicking some guy's ass that like beat you once by some weird decision and then you come back and you just knock them out just to make it like a point. Like, you know what? This is my fucking, this, right. I'm the better fighter. All right. Yeah. Dude, I remember watching that fight on, on like online and every time you fight, there's always, we do a discord watch party. So yeah. dude, the discord's always popping. And when we were watching that fight, you did the L dance, bro, was probably the funniest shit I ever seen. <laughs> I've never seen a fighter just after game, you know, winning, just hit him with the L just dancing, bro. Like, Take the L, you know. Yeah. Take the L. Because he told me to take Miles. So I think oh, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah he, he told you he to, told take me to take the L. He told me to take the L and then, and then move on. And then when I won that fight, I was just, you know, obviously I was like, take the L, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, leading into a different segment, Eric, I know like in October 2018, um, you're a big advocate of anti-bullying. Um, you did speak at a rally at Burton Tech High School in front of 500 kids were your coach and teammates. So yeah. kind of walk me through of what that felt like, you know, speaking to up and coming kids and about anti-bullying and such. Uh, yeah, I, um, that was actually really cool, man. Um, I'm actually really against bullying, man. I'm not a fan of it at all. Um, you know, we pick on our friends that are friends. You know, it's a little different, but 
I've, I've, my buddies were, were picked on. I had a couple of my buddies that were picked off in high school. And then that's some of the reasons I got into a fight, uh, fights in high school. But that was a really cool experience, man. I got to talk to a bunch of kids. I didn't realize how many kids there were until I got there. And then I was like, oh, damn, there's a lot of kids. And it was my first time speaking in public about like, you know, anti-bullying and stuff like that. And then we did a, we did like a scenario with like someone where to do something like a certain situation, you know, what you would do. We taught some jujitsu moves. I talked to a whole bunch of kids and then they were all coming up to me just because they know I'm a fighter. A bunch of like, like boys, that, a bunch of boys that were there that were kids would come up to me and be like, oh, like, you know, it's so cool what you do, blah, blah, blah. But like that whole experience, man, was really cool. It's really satisfying feeling to talk about, to talk about that. Let it be known to kids that like, you know, bullying is not cool. Bullying is not fun. And, uh, and, it, and it can lead to really terrible things in the, in, in the long run, you know, when you bully a kid and you make him feel like an outcast or he's not meant to be there, supposed to be there because of what you said to him, you know, words can hurt people really bad. And, uh, I definitely am 100% out of being against, against bullying. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't agree with it at all. And if I ever were to hear of any of my friends bullying, I'd probably smack the shit out of them myself. <laughs> no, yeah. definitely, man. Yeah. I think there's a lot of kids that, especially before, and I don't know how it is now, but in my generation, definitely bullying was a big thing. I mean, I was bullied when I was, you know, younger and it doesn't feel good and it, it sucks. Still. So, you know, it, to use your platform for a positive outlaw, like outlay and make sure that kids understand, like, this is something that you shouldn't be doing, you know, yeah. it's credit for you, bro, because that more people need to kind of do that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, have you heard, you guys have heard of the crazy stories of these kids that get bullied and then they fucking go around yeah. doing crazy shit, man. School yeah. shootings have been caused by bullying. Yeah. You know, uh, girls turning down guys in a horrible way. Like that's, it's a form of bullying, you know, just because they're whatever, not as good looking or whatever. And they, they fucking make fun of them. And it's just like, it's, it's not cool, man. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Just give them a simple no. It's not that hard. Right. You know, but uh, I definitely, um, I, I, I got invited to do it again, but then the show got canceled. Um, so I still got to go back. I still want to do some more of those just because it's, it's honestly fun, man. You get to talk to a bunch of kids and they, they get to see like, you know, and now that I'm a UFC fighter, it'll be, it'll, I feel like that'll mean more, you know, because I hold a title now that right. like it's such, that's so respected into the, in when it comes to athletes right you know what I yeah. mean? so i feel like now that i'm a i'm a ufc fighter i can make it more of a of a thing you know like against bowling and stuff like that so i do want to get more into that i do want to get more uh public speaking on that and, and it'll help me pu- to pe- speak publicly more yeah right yeah i agree man i think uh having that title definitely helps you know and just a little bit more recognition and just you know people listen more you know oh and, yeah and and it's good. It's good. And it's good and bad. You know, people should be listening to it, you know, stuff like that. But yeah. having the title and using it for, like I said, in a positive way, it makes the best of things. You know, I got a lot of positive feedback too after that. Yeah. After I did that, that public speaking and all that, um, I had a bunch of people message me like, hey, man, that's really cool that you're doing that. You know, a lot of people should be doing that more. Uh, fighters should be doing that more. Yeah. So, like, it was a real lot of positive feedback on that. And that's why I want to do it again too, you know, just because, uh, like I said, now as a UFC fighter, definitely more your words are more powerful than than we think right yeah yeah for sure so kind of moving more into like your kind of origins of your pro career uh again correct me if i'm wrong your first pro fight was january 9th of 2015 where you won by ko by elbow first round 26 seconds of the round yeah i um yeah i did it was uh for bama um bama bad beat and uh, happened over at Commerce Casino, which was where I had my last fight before I went to the UFC. Oh, so that full circle. Like, yeah, <laughs> I went from the fight for debut to my last fight as a, you know, not UFC fighter. 
and then now to UFC. So yeah, that's where I had my first one. Crazy feeling getting a 26 second knockout. I literally, yeah. I, I hit him with a jab and he ran into it and he just fell. And I was just like, I was shook for like a split second. Then I realized he was falling and he kind of fell in my arms. And then I just took him down to the ground and started elbowing him really bad. Uh, Mike Beltram was actually uh, my, uh, the referee for that fight. Yeah. I saw the pictures. Oh, yeah. Make a little... Dude, Mike Beltram is, I think he's corner, or he's not corner, he's ref like 80% of my fights. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's cool. At least you have a uh, recognizable face. You right. Know? Just yeah. like, oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's awesome guy. Man. So, like, obviously leading into your, like, kind of amateur career, going into your pro career, what made you decide, like, this is what I want to do? Like, this is it? Um... I think that once I got like that, that kickstart as my pro career, um, I really, uh, I, I just like, I was like, dude, this is, this is what I'm going to do. Like, I think that like, after I won those first two fights as a pro or I think it was three, I went three and one before, uh, three before I, I lost. But that's when I realized I was like, dude, this is, this is a gift for me, man. This is something that I need to be doing. Um, Cause a lot of the times, like I'm facing these dudes that are like, you know, high level grapplers, high level strikers, whatever you want to call them. But the moment I really, truly, ultimately decided that this is, this is it for me was not my first professional fight. My second, it was my third one against Shohei Yamamoto. He was the Kiyoshikin karate master world champ uh, in karate, Kiyoshikin. And, um, we had a, a banger of a strike fight and uh, a lot of people like I was very underlooked because I used to just take guys to the ground and beat them up mm -hmm. or some in my amateur career. Like I did a lot of submissions. Um, but that fight particularly, I think it showed a lot of people what I'm about. You know, uh, we were going back and forth. We went for the, we went to the third round, but I finished him in the third. But before that, man, we were just having like an amazing strike fight. Guy was putting it on me. I was putting on him. And after that fight, when I fought him, I really truly felt, I was like, dude, this is, this is what I'm going to do. This is, this is who I am. And it really, that, that fight made me have a decisive decision that I wanted to become a world champ one day. Yeah. And, you know, here we are now. And uh, I've been enjoying every moment of, and the journey of it, you know, the ups and the downs. Yeah. So that leads, we can go to the kind of the last question. Yeah. Um, so for after Combat to Go America, I know we talked a lot on, and we've talked about this, uh, trying to get into a UFC for multiple, like, well, I think it was almost a year, you know, on how you can do it and how, how it is. Now, you're finally there. You're finally at the big stage. Mm -hmm. How was the trip from, during that time period from after leaving Combat to Go America to now in the UFC? Like, well, what do you mean by like, how was it? Like, how was the experience? Like, did I understand that between combate, uh, yeah, UFC. between uh, between combate and the UFC from you know point A from fighting with them, and then I know you had a little bit of different events. You know, mm -hmm. I know about it, but some of the fans might not know of different fights events before leading into a UFC and how yeah. that feeling felt. Like, did you always think like, hey, I'm gonna make it there, or how did, was that feeling going into these? Um, you know, my manager was already emphasizing, and he's like, hey, man, um, you know, I've been talking to UFC. You know, they really, uh, he's like, he's like, I'm. I know I can get you in there. So like the, the thought was already, that was already in my head. You know, I always told myself like, dude, if I don't make UFC by the time I hit 30, I'm not, I'm probably going to stop fighting mm -hmm. whether I had a good record or not. Um, I turned 30 this month and I'm in UFC. Um, I've said that like multiple times on multiple part on multiple interviews. And, uh, but like that, that feeling before these, the, the two fights that I had before I went to the UFC this past year, um, 
I needed both those wins. And I knew that. Um, and uh, especially after that last fight that I had in commerce where I almost got caught in an arm bar, I felt like my dream was going to be taken away. And that's what really pushed me through it. And uh, the feeling that someone's trying to take something from you that you worked so hard for, you know, for me, I would say it was nine years of work just to get to the UFC. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of, you know, like a lot of fighters don't step into UFC with 20 fights or 19 fights in their past. You know what I mean? They're not like, they don't have that many, you know, fights like, like going into it or, you know, they're picked up. I feel like I got picked up a little bit late. I feel like I could have been in the UFC at the age of 28, 29, whatever, or 28, I mean. Um, or before, or after my Peru fight where I had the three fights in the three fights in one night, I felt like I had proved a lot that, that tournament. And, uh, they actually turned me down because I didn't win that tournament. So I could have been in the UFC 2020. And, uh, but because I lost that last fight, that's the only thing that kept them from picking me up. Right. So that made you want to just, it full yeah. feel your hunger, you know? Yeah. It gave me more. So like going into 2020, I didn't fight at all. So I, and I didn't work. I wasn't working at all. I work, you know, a lot of, if the fans don't know, I'm actually bartending during the weekends. Um, you know, got to pay bills. You know, you know, fighters don't make good money, man. Not, not right off the bat. The potential, the, the possibilities are endless, but the money's not there right away. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a grind. It's a process and, you know, you got to deal with it. Um, but I wasn't working, man. And uh, for 2020, I literally just, all I did was train, man. My gym was open to only the fighters, not to the public. And, uh, you know, thank God my coach, you know, and everybody was on, on it. So the year 2020, nobody got COVID. We had no outbreaks in our gym and I trained all year. So going into 2021, I was just hungry, man. And I was just on a different level in my mind, um, you know, and uh, I got both the wins and secured the bag. Right. You and know. Now you're at, in the biggest stage where all you're, how most people see is the NFL of the UFC, you know? Well, yeah, absolutely. I get so, that all the time. I hear that all the time. Too. Right. So that's a big accomplishment for you, dude. I think, you know, I, especially just talking to you for knowing you for the last, what, four years or so, right? Yeah, it, yeah. And just talking to you about like, hey, man, I know one day you'll make it. Hey, man, you know, having multiple. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. It's like. I, I attended your very first UFC fight. And that's a that's crazy for me to even experience <laughs> that. Your first ever first ever fight that I've attended for you, mm -hmm. and first ever UFC fight I ever attended. That's yeah. like two birds and one they whammy. You fought Jim Miller, bro. The craziest thing is seeing you walk out during fighting him, scrapping, going hard, just seeing the previews and Ghost Peppers in the UFC, bro. It felt not like your dream came true, but like my dream for you came true too. Just seeing yeah. you on the big screen, dude. Well, yeah, we had so many talks about it. Yeah. You know, it was always, hey, when you get in the UFC, yep. hey, when you get in the UFC, or, you know, we, we talked about it so many times, man, yep. in the past like three years, four years that, yep. I've met, that we've been friends and been associated and hanging out and whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah, man. You know, that first UFC event was crazy. It was, it was a great time. The experience that UFC brings to fighters is absolutely amazing. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, things don't go your way, dude. I learned a big love. It was my first time ever getting knocked out and, you know, and getting knocked down. And it all happened in one in one fight. Um, it hurt. It hurt at first. You know, the first like hour after the fight, <laughs> it stings. And then after that, you're just like, you know, it kind of fueled me in a different way. So now I'm just like going into this next fight. I got the loss out the way. I got the jitters out the way. And, uh. I got to fight the most experienced guy in the octagon, you know? Yeah. So a lot of guys don't get to ever have that, you know, and they probably won't. And, uh, it sucked. Unfortunately, the way I had, I was taken out, you know, but I put up a good fight. I put up a good, you know, first round and, uh, 
and then got caught. You know, the weight cut was really, really bad. Um, you know, obviously I was, I was coming off of a fractured toe and, uh, when they called me, so it was my first day back in the gym when they called me and, and my, and it just happens to be the UFC and I was just like, fuck man. So right. when my manager called me, I was just like, look, man, just get the contract. Let me worry about the weight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I dropped 24 pounds for that fight. Hey man. 24, 28, I think it was. Going up against a veteran, weight cutting, two weeks short notice. You stepped up to the plate. Yeah. Rookie fight, rookie career fight. Week. Yeah, one week. One week. Yeah, one week. Ten one. day notice, but okay. So eight yeah, eight days to make weight. Right. <laughs> so even with that coming up, bro, like your rookie fight versus the most experienced, one of the most experienced people in the UFC right now. Yeah, is a crazy milestone. And he he even said it was crazy. Like you did really well. I don't know if you watched his press conference or anything, but it was really you know positive. And he you know it's good to see that like he's supportive of like upcoming fighters. So I think you handle yourself well. I think. I know you're hungry for the upcoming fights. Oh, yeah. Um, I know we can't talk about whatever we, you know, for the UFC, but I know that this year is your revenge tour. So, yeah, you know, um, different motivation, same goal. Yep. You know, um, belt right now, uh, the belts are the ultimate goal. Yep. Uh, for now, I just got to crash. I got to take down these first goals, you know, getting, getting these first wins, knocking out these, new th- these next three fights, win these next three fights, and then uh, eventually make my way to these ranked guys. So I think by the age of, if I can get these three fights out of the way this year and get another contract signed, that would be amazing. Yep. Because uh, depending on how these next all these next fights go, you know, if I don't get injured or whatever, um, I'll be ready to knock out these three fights in one year. To right. be honest, I'm not trying to waste any time. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm only gonna be fighting until I'm like 35, 36, depending on you know, you know how I how I'm feeling physically and right. mentally as an as a as a man. And uh, we'll see what happens, man. It's gonna be a fun year. You know, I do have a fight coming up. Um, which I can't talk about or not, not talk about it, but I can't announce it yet, but uh, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be exciting. Uh, and, uh, you know, just expect a different person, man. It's not going to be the same, uh, crazy ghost pepper that likes to take chances in fights. Um, it's going to be a very, uh, you know, definitely, like I said, man, I got these jitters out the way, got the, the those first nerves out the way in the UFC and, uh, I'll be a lot calmer as opposed to my, this last fight where I was very like, uh, very like, uh, wanted to get in there and just fucking be angry and all this stuff. And I kind of let the, the anger get the best of me just because I was just so hyped up in the moment of being in the UFC. Right. And those, you know, those feelings do, they do happen. And uh, it's just controlling them now. And it's just, uh, now that I'm going to have more control, it's going to be a lot better. All right. Well, I think from everyone from like LVI to all your fans, I think we can say that we're very, very proud of you, bro. Like very proud of you from knowing you personally yeah. And just seeing you like upcoming and getting into the ma- biggest stage in the world, bro. It's very, it's very cool, man. So it's awesome, man. It's very awesome. Um, it's like four hundred guys in the in the roster, yep. and I'm one of them. So it's yep. like, if you actually look at the ranks, I'm above BJ Penn. All right. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so I, I was looking at the ranks the other day, and I was like, I was like what the fuck? I'm above <laughs> BJ Penn. I was like, not that I, you know, BJ Penn's a fucking legend. Yeah. <laughs> so to kind of end the podcast, Eric, um, what? Would you want to tell any of your fans um, where they can find you on social media? Maybe your Twitch. Yeah. Uh, so all my social media is Ghost Pepper underscore UFC. Um, I think the only one that is not under Ghost Pepper UFC is my TikTok, which is Ghost Pepper underscore MMA. They wouldn't let me change it. And if you do know how to change it, hit me up. <laughs> uh, feel free to message me, man. I always respond to everybody. I get a lot of people messaging me recently um, all around the world which is crazy. Uh, I had that happen, you know, for combate, but uh, with UFC, it's a lot different, you know. Uh, 
the growth of, of fans is, is insane, you know, whether it's positive or negative feedback from anybody. But yeah, you can find me in all that social media stuff. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much it, man. And, you know, sh- much love for uh, Truly. Uh, much love to, who was the? Jesse Ray's. Jesse Bar- Ray's barbecue. Jesse Ray's, okay. Yep. Which I'm excited to try because I am hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for watching this episode of the Meltdown Podcast. You can find all our links below and all Eric's links below in the description via YouTube. Uh, thanks again to Truly and Jesse Ray's Barbecue for sponsoring this video and making this happen. Thank you guys so much and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Have Cheers, fun, guys. guys. Bye.